We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update. I'm your host, BJ Kissel, and uh, it's game day. Normally on Mondays, we're joined by ESPN's Matt Miller to talk about the previous game, uh, but since the Chiefs play the Raiders tonight on Monday Night Football, uh, Matt's going to join me, and we're just going to do a little Q&A. So if you're hanging out at work or uh, whatever you've got going on in this Monday, just waiting uh, for the game to start, we're going to take your questions, talk through a little bit about what we're expecting, what we saw from the weekend uh, with the rest of the NFL in action, and then what we expect tonight night as the Chiefs take on the Raiders again on Monday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. It should be a good one, but before we bring Matt on, we're going to take a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And when you look at the game tonight, I just checked the lines at DraftKings. The Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites, which is actually what it started at. Went down to seven. Now it's back up to seven-and-a-half, with the over-under jumping up a point to 52. Again, over-under of 52 against the Raiders tonight. And you look at what the Chiefs have done the last two games or the Two games last year, Chiefs won 89-23 to when you combine those two scores, including that 48-9 to win over the Raiders at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, but DraftKings, to make things even sweeter, they're going to let you throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins and you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for the details. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, now 
we are going to bring on Matt Miller from ESPN, my good buddy. And if you've been following any of the content that uh, that I've been a part of since you know my Arrowhead Pride and then Bleacher Report and then working for the Chiefs and now at KC Sports Network, uh, you've you've seen Matt and you've heard Matt before. So Matt, it's always good to see you, my bud. Likewise, and kind of weird, like you said, being here Monday morning, no Chiefs game to break down. We don't get to do our stock up, stock down. I'll probably bother you tomorrow. Just I'm <laughs> going to text you my stock up, stock down, even though we're not doing a video. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Uh, Tuesday is always five burning questions with Nate Taylor. So we can just have you on if you want to come on with Nate. Uh, you guys you can go. share uh, hopefully what is uh a another victory for the chiefs over the Raiders. You look at some of the numbers. I mean, Andy Reid 15 and three uh, in his career since joining the chiefs back in 2013 against the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes seven and one in his career against the Raiders. And then six and one uh, Patrick Mahomes is on Monday night football. A lot of stats that all skew uh, towards the Kansas city chiefs and what they've done. But you look at what the Raiders have done and I want to talk about the weekend, but real quick, just looking at this Raiders game. Cause I know, Chiefs fans starting to tune in now because they're distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't right. know what to do right now with themselves. They're waiting for the gates yeah. to open so they can go tailgate. I get <laughs> Probably it. sitting I've outside. Been, I've been there for a Monday night game. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you look at the the Raiders are the Raiders, and this is hard for me. And I'm gonna try to get it through with a straight face. Because I know they beat the the you know thriving Denver Broncos and their one <laughs> victory so far this season. But their first three games of the season, they've lost all by one possession, 13 points total. So it's not like the Raiders have been getting absolutely blown out all right. season long. Now they haven't played anybody like the Chiefs, but exactly. it's not like you know they've been losing 48 to 9 like they did against the Chiefs last year every single week. So there is a an amount of respect that uh obviously the players are going to show and fans it doesn't really matter because we're not playing. Uh but the Raiders have not been getting blown out. It's not quite so bad, even though the Chiefs should absolutely take care of business tonight. <laughs> it doesn't look as bad as the record for the Raiders. I think coming into this game, you you look at it and you're like, wait, the Raiders are one and three. You know, and the the why they were we heard all summer the AFC West is going to be the best division of football. Uh, spoiler alert: it's not, uh, not right now at least. But I think it is misleading. And to like you said, to have three losses by a combined 13 points does point to. This team has been close, but I I think we are at that point of the season, BJ, where we're trying to figure out who teams are. And with the Raiders, are they the team that beat the Denver Broncos who don't look very good? Or are they the team that, you know, struggled against the Chargers and struggled against the Cardinals? You know, they couldn't put away the Tennessee Titans. So I think we are trying to figure out was that win over Denver, the Raiders finally clicking and we saw Devontae Adams get going. We saw Josh Jacobs running like a man possessed. Is that who they are, or are they more like what we saw the first three games? I, I do think we'll find out more tonight. I'm with you. The line at seven and a half, I feel like I would be all over that. Uh, not As an unbiased person here, uh, I would be all over that. It's never easy because it's the NFL, but this is absolutely a game the Chiefs should win comfortably. Yeah. And I think the only question is, okay, if they don't, what, what if the Raiders win? Or what if this game's closer than we expect? I think that's when you can start to have you know some questions and takeaways from this game. But, man, headed into it, you know, nine hours, what are we, 10 hours before kickoff? I, I don't, I feel pretty good about Kansas City. Yeah, I'm curious how far back. Matt McMullen, a chief senior reporter over there, uh, KC Chiefs Matt on Twitter, uh, he'll have a video, he always does, uh, for every primetime game as far as where, yeah. how far back uh, the line has backed up. I fully expect to be about halfway uh, back past the the Chiefs training facility, almost to 435 by right. maybe 1030. By the time we finish this show, I'd say it's probably uh, getting close, backed up. I can tell you, living in Joplin, Arrowhead's about two hours, it's exactly two hours from my house, which is amazing. 
I have friends who are leaving Joplin at eight this morning. You know, they're probably going to stop and get a little breakfast barbecue or something, but they were leaving Joplin at eight to get in line just, you know, <laughs> for the two o'clock gate opening, I guess. So uh, Chiefs fans are, no one's ever questioned their loyalty or tailgating ability. Yeah, no, it's, it's an experience out there. And before we talk and dive a little bit into, you know, this game tonight and some of the, the matchups and some of the key things to watch, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we saw over the weekend, um, even going back to Thursday night with that uh, brutal showing uh, between uh, the Colts and the Broncos, Matt, yeah. I think I might've texted you. I, that was the first time that I was had FOMO from not watching the game by following on Twitter. Uh, my daughter didn't feel well. I was just laying next to her and I was following along on Twitter and it was being described as like the worst football game in NFL history. If you're following it along might on Twitter. Be. and I was like, I need to see this. And it, for, you know, uh, all the uh, criticism that Twitter gets, um, it was absolutely right. I turned it on right before like the interception, uh, that Russell Wilson threw, um, and it, it did not disappoint as being just an awful football game. But outside of that, because people talked about that, and if you have a take, please give it to me. But uh, <laughs> what stood out to you over this the, the other football games that took place this weekend? Yeah, I mean, starting there, I was one of those people that thought the Broncos would be good this year. And uh, they're two and three. There's a lot of football left to be played, as our friend Aaron Negler would say. But, man, it, it just doesn't feel like a team that has any cohesion right now. Like, they just – it's all these – individual parts that have not come together. And I, I think you could say that about a lot of a lot of the AFC West right now, even, you know, the Chargers barely beat the Cleveland Browns. You know, Brandon Staley almost gives away another game. If the Browns fourth round draft pick kicker, you know, had nailed a 54 yarder and it was close, uh, then, you know, this would be a different, a, a very different outlook for, I think that division this morning. So I do think like I feel like, the first couple weeks of the NFL season, and I know I've said this to you in the past and I've said it on this show, is we're trying to figure out like what is real and what isn't the first couple weeks. Mm. Now we're like week five, week six. We're starting to figure out like, okay, this is what is for real. This is what's not for real. You know, like I love seeing Brian Dable and the New York Giants play out of their minds to be four and one, to beat a team like the Green Bay Packers. Uh, love seeing – I'm not like – I don't root for any team. I, I end up rooting for like players or, or relationships – to see the Rams lose um, was very surprising to me with, you know, but Cooper rush being four and like that's the stuff that kind of gets me juiced up for the season is to see those stories that we didn't expect for the Eagles to be five and which I picked them to win the NFC East. So I'm excited about that one, but I do think we're starting to figure out what's real and what's not. And you have to like at this time of year, almost sit back and be like, All right, what, what are my preconceived notions about teams? What did I, what were my expectations? And try to forget all that and really look at who teams are and realize that like, hey, you know, the Seattle Seahawks are a tougher out than we thought they were going to be. That's a That's a real football team. And it kind of almost it's a good time to readjust almost. Yeah, I while you were going through that, I, I couldn't help myself uh, when you're talking about, you know, what's real over the first few weeks and what's real for the Denver Broncos. I was looking through the trade for Russell with between Russell Wilson. And the it's not good, man. It's not good. <laughs> Let's go over this again, just as a uh, reminder for everybody. The Denver Broncos for the trade for Russell Wilson. The Broncos got Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. The Seahawks got Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, a first-round pick in 2022, a second-round pick in 2022, a fifth-round pick in 2022, another first-round pick in 2023, and another second-round pick in 2023. Two first-round picks two second yeah. round picks 
and a fifth plus three players who I'm, I, I'm not going to pretend to have followed them very close. Obviously Drew Locke's not playing Geno Smith playing out right. of his mind. Uh, yeah. But Shelby Harris, no fan or guys. They're starters. <laughs> like, yeah. They're and playing. I'll say, man, yeah. that pick is going to be a top 10 pick. as of, I think it would be pick number 11 Oof. as of this morning, depending on what happens tonight. But it would be pick number 11 going back to Seattle, who, by the way, John Schneider was like, there was hot seat talk a year ago. The draft class they put together, Charles Harris is a stud at left tackle. Abe Lucas is a stud at right tackle. Uh, uh, Tariq Woolen is a stud at corner. We're seeing Ken Walker get going at running back. Boy, Mafe at the defensive end. Like they, that draft class is a hit from top to bottom. So you give them more draft ammunition next year in a class that is markedly better, by the way. There's going to be a lot more talent available. You got to feel pretty good if you're the Seahawks right now. And I think it has made all of us kind of sit back and be like, were the things we were hearing about Russell Wilson as a football player, uh, were they, maybe there was some credence to that. You know, I, I've had I DMs over the years from players up there who are, you know, you'll never believe the, the stuff that they have to deal with and, and kind of the eye rolls that are in the locker room. And now we see him go to a, what was supposed to be an improved situation, man. It was, they have a left tackle. They got a good O-line. They got all these receivers. They got the running backs and he's, playing terribly like he looks like he's holding this team back at this point and Nathaniel Hackett deserves some of the, the blame as well without a doubt as you know first time head coach but I know Chiefs fans take a lot of joy in watching the Broncos struggle and there's a lot of lot of ammunition there's a lot of a lot of points so far this year that are going to make Chiefs fans happy I'm trying to remain as completely unbiased as I can and perfect. You don't even have what? to. I don't even, you know, you know, you we play the Raiders tonight. It's already, for you. it's already feeling like I don't have, yeah, I don't got to do that anymore. Yeah. But uh, you talk about improved situation. Uh, you know, Garrett Bowles breaks his leg. He's done for the year. Uh, Ronald Darby done for the year. We already know Tim yeah. Patrick injured before the season began as an underrated player uh, that we can talk about. But one last thing about Russell Wilson is not just that they gave up all of that form. They also, can't get out of his contract until 2020 $250 million. The two worst contracts in America right now are Russell Wilson and Jimbo Fisher, like <laughs> hands down worst contracts in sports right now are those two deals. Russell Wilson was 34 years old when they gave him that contract. His dead cap next year is $107 million. <laughs> it is the salary cap. It is the entire salary cap to move on. Uh, and you have no draft picks, you know, so you can't even be like, Oh, well, he'll be 34. Let's draft a young guy. Third yeah, round, uh, I guess. That's that Cooper Rush back. will be available. Maybe Listen, you know, I, go get Cooper Rush. I it hits the heartstrings a little bit every time we talk about Cooper Rush because it was a conversation that I used to have um you know with our guy uh Therese Paler. Um I'll never forget arguing with Therese uh between Cooper Rush and Brad Kaya, and that Cooper Rush was oh, my yeah. guy. Cooper Rush was my guy, and I was like, I would take him over Kaya, and it became a thing for us. And every time I see him, everybody talks about Cooper Rush. I immediately think of Therese, so it's kind of uh, and Right now, Brad Kaya is a screenwriter in Los Angeles, and Cooper Rush is 4-0 for the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, that's You, one you, of the very you won few, that one. We'll one of the very few things. He's up there laughing right now, knowing, probably right. counting all the ones I got wrong. Um, but, but yep. yeah, it, it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit every time I, I hear Cooper Rush's name, but, uh, man, what else from the weekend? Uh, I know we just got done, you know, dunking on the Broncos, but what else stood out to you besides Brendan Staley's decision that should have cost the chargers that game and didn't, um, yeah. what else stood out to you? Not just AFC West, but just across the board. 
Yeah, I mean, God, the Buffalo Bills. And I know that's a little bit of we're looking ahead to next Sunday. You can't do that in the NFL. We can't because we're not playing or coaching. But they look amazing. I mean, to I think Josh Allen had like 400 passing yards at halftime or something. I mean, it was it was really, I think it was actually like 295 yards at halftime. It was it was ridiculous. And for them to be you know four and one, and they look unstoppable right now. And I know it's like Pittsburgh is rookie quarterback and TJ Watt is out like Minka Fitzpatrick is still out there. Like it's not the whole team. Like Cam Hayward is still out there. They still have a lot of that core roster. And I think you look at Buffalo and you know, it's, it's Gabe Davis. It's getting Khalil Shakur involved. It's getting James Cook involved. You know, they, they didn't have Dawson Knox. They didn't have Jordan Poyer and it didn't matter at all. And I think they right now, just what they've been able to do outside of that one weird loss is domination. Like nothing is yeah. close to what they've been able to do this year. And it, it does make you wonder like that Dolphins game was just an anomaly. Those are going to happen over a, a 17 game season, but what they did to the Rams, you know, what they did to the Titans, what they did to the the Steelers, those are playoff teams last year, you know, that they've just absolutely hammered. So I think that's, it's going to be fun, man. I can't believe it's a three twenty five game and not a, Sunday yeah. night or a Monday night game, but I'm already looking ahead just because I kind of expect the Chiefs to handle the Raiders, like we were saying. But I'm starting to like geek out about that <laughs> matchup of can you stop Josh Allen? Like I don't outside of it, you know, being a million degrees in in Miami that one Sunday, I don't know what the game plan is to stop him right now. Yeah, it it goes back. You talk about the the Miami uh, you know loss that they had that you know, to, or excuse me, the Miami win over Buffalo, uh, just being kind of an, an outlier. It's kind of how I felt watching. We just dunked on the, the Broncos for how they played, but the Colts beat us. <laughs> yeah. I still don't like, think that was I, so no that freaking was freaking idea. Tough. Yeah. That's tough yeah. to follow, but we do have a piece of breaking news. If you're searching Twitter right now, the Panthers have fired Matt rule with, I think I saw a tweet three, three, 11 and 27 during his three seasons. He leaves Carolina yep. with four years left on a seven-year contract that he received from Panthers owner David Tepper. Did he get like seven years, $64 million or something to leave he Baylor? He got a, a chunk of change, and that's from – And now he's going to like go to Nebraska and get paid again. So <laughs> – You think that's what's going to happen? Probably. I mean, he'll be a hot he'll be a hot commodity, without a doubt. Here's what's yeah. interesting to me because my brain is messed up, and here's how it works. He hired Joe Brady, who was the LSU passing game coordinator for Joe Burrow. And everyone thought, oh, my God, this offense is going to be amazing. It wasn't. And Joe Brady becomes the scapegoat. Do you know where Joe Brady is right now? He's the quarterback's coach for the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) So it's like, it's just wild that, like, he gets thrown under the bus and, like, no, this guy's not getting it done. Gets fired midseason. He's the quarterback's coach for Buffalo. And his name will once – he's going to be a hot name again, you know, because of what he's doing under Ken Dorsey. So uh, no surprise that Matt Rule was fired. David Tepper is not a patient man. He's a very wealthy man. He wants to win. You know, we heard that all at last offseason. They were going to be aggressive in going after Deshaun Watson and they were going to be everyone else. So not surprised. But I think that's going to be a hard job to fill. I really do. They, yeah. The roster's not good and you have a gigantic desperate need at quarterback. Yeah, I was one of those people that I bought into the I believe that Baker Mayfield was going to be better, that I thought they were going to be all right. Uh, and that has not happened at all. 
And so yeah. uh, that'll be interesting to see. And I've seen a few comments over here in the chat and we appreciate everybody who's following along in the chat room. Uh, please send us your questions, your, your takes for tonight. And uh, Tucker, our fearless producer behind the scenes, will be bringing some of those up onto the screen. We'll react to some of those, but one of the ones, and I'm going to go back and read a, a tweet from somebody that you and I both know and Bobby Stroop uh, about the game tonight uh, and a record or a, a, you know, something that could happen that will be very fun to follow along on Twitter. If it does, and Patrick Mahomes would need to throw at least four touchdowns for this to happen. But Bobby Stroop tweeted, if Patrick throws four TDs this week, he will pass Troy Aikman on the all time touchdown list at 166 TDs. Patrick of course has literally thrown a hundred less interceptions. Oh my God. Quote from the direct quote from the tweet. Yeah. And that Patrick would accomplish this 56% faster than Troy did. Hashtag big stats guy from that's great bobby and the troy's on the yeah. call and that's what everybody troy's on the call know. which makes it fun and is i don't is know he going troy, to have man. to call and is that is that nugget right. going to be brought up on air uh, i feel like joe buck's no. the kind of guy who will bring it up just because like he <laughs> knows it's being talked about and he kind of wants to needle troy a little bit it is it's amazing too like we are old enough to have watched and i certainly am like i i vividly remember watching troy aikman from like yeah. 87 to 93 that run of greatness the game is so different now to where not to discount anything Patrick is doing because I think he's amazing. uh, But that a player can in five years eclipse all time, great quarterbacks in terms of statistics, you know, it's, it's wild. And it's one of the first dominoes to fall. I mean, Mahomes is at a pace that he's set to, I mean, God willing, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to have all the records at the pace that he's going at. And uh, I think that's, I've said before, you know, BJ, my son Emmett is he just turned nine. And I've told him he's been a Chiefs fan as long as he's been aware of what's happening. And I've told him, man, like you, this is Michael Jordan with the Bulls when I was a kid, where you just get yeah. lucky at the right time and you become a fan of a team and then they get a, a franchise and sport changing athlete. And that was me with Jordan. Like I was a Bulls fan, like everybody in the 90s and late 80s was probably, but. Yeah, it's something special, and it's it's one of many players that he's going to pass here quickly. Yeah, it's going to be like, where were you, like, moments. Like, where were you when Patrick Mahomes did such and such? Or where were you when he yeah. did such and such? Like, it, I, I remember going to Tantara on a family vacation with, uh, with my parents and my sister, and my mom and sister wanted to go out on a boat. They wanted to go have fun, and my dad and I wanted to stay because it was the first game back from Michael Jordan after he came back from playing baseball. Oh, yeah. Like that first yeah. game back, it was like regular. It was just like we're watching this game. It's like we're I, I on vacation. Watching, I chill. You're not yeah. gonna sit at this resort that we paid all this money for and just sit in here and watch TV. And my dad was like, "Oh yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, at <laughs> it's least Michael Jordan. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's doing the same thing with Mahomes. You know, him come out wearing 45. I do think with Mahomes, I mean, it's gonna be. You guys are forever gonna. Mm-hmm. Where were you in 2017 when they traded up? You know, it's it's one of those yeah. iconic moments of, you know, like it's just you know, where were you when Drew Bledsoe got knocked out of that game? It's like, oh, okay, that's an iconic moment in the history of the NFL, and obviously for New England fans, you know, it's something that people always remember. And he's had a couple of those, you know, the left hand passes and the, mm-hmm. you know, the craziness, and you know. Being an MVP, obviously winning a Super Bowl, almost winning a second one. So enjoy it. You know, people in my job, it's fun to like look ahead and be like, how do they stay? How do they how do they maintain? Because that's what's been so hard is how do you maintain? And I, yeah. I think that's why it's it's fun to see guys like Nick Bolton 
playing so well so early. It's it's fun to see Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and, and starting to think about, okay, how do you keep this together? How do you plan for life after Travis Kelsey, which eventually, you know, you'll have to yeah. have to have another number one target in there. It, it does make it fun to to watch college players and think about how how they would slot in and, and when they might need to slot in. Like watch Georgia play. They have like three draft eligible tight ends that are amazed. Be like, God, if the Chiefs could get one of those guys, how much fun would that be? Yeah. Who's the monster? Who's like the Brock Bowers? Brock Bowers. What's crazy? He's no, a monster. It, he's the good one, but who's the other? He's the, the good one. The big one. Darnell Washington, number that zero. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. That's more he's realistic. The first guy coming off the bus. He's the first right, guy coming exactly. off the bus. Yeah. He's the one that that's realistic. Brock Bowers is, is next year. We can't even talk about him yet. He's 2024. Um, but Darnell Washington, uh, he'll be, hopefully he'll be at the shrine game or senior bowl, you know, whichever he, he decides to go to. And I, I'm very excited to see him be the guy somewhere because he's, he is the second tight end at Georgia and he, he would be the best tight end anywhere, but like Georgia and Notre Dame, he would be yeah. the, the number one guy. I got to show the story and then we're going to, I promise everyone that's, uh, that's watching this live. We are going to get to the, the game tonight and talk through some of the, the key matchups and all that. But uh, talking about like, where were you moments? I will never forget Patrick Mahomes first start. You're talking about the left-handed pass um, or not the, the, his first start, I should say the one where he threw Demarcus Robinson, he came out, they put Tyler Bray in and they had to put Mahomes back in the game. Uh, I was sitting next to Veach in the press box and you're standing up like cheering and i had to like put like to like put my, hey we can't do this here oh i'm down i'm like dude you can't do that up here especially you yeah. you're surrounded by the media that's gonna be the story of everybody talking about what you're doing right now but i'll never forget um both those games um in denver but yeah unbelievable performances now let's talk about what we hope is an unbelievable performance tonight between the chiefs and raiders we just got done talking about how the chiefs have had all kinds of success against the raiders 15 and 3 under andy Reid, uh patrick mahomes i believe seven and one uh six and one in monday night football games i mean they've had a lot of success under the lights we saw it last week uh against yep you know tampa bay with one of the best offensive performances that we've seen in a really long time because of the context of who they were going up against and where they were playing uh kind of you know exercising those demons from the super bowl a few years ago but matt when you look at the game tonight uh you know what matchup stands out to you the most for the chiefs if they're going to walk away with the victory from arrowhead man i feel like it's always this way with the raiders but it's the middle of the field you know jonathan abram is a very active safety but he's not very good in coverage uh they they have Jayon brown at linebacker he's out for tonight i think that's going to be huge for travis kelsey but also for juju smith schuster we've seen this team become more of a middle of the field offense with tyree kill gone uh, we'll see if that changes tonight but when i look ahead to this game last week it was like the secondary for the raiders against this chiefs passing attack that is a very very favorable matchup for the chiefs Everyone knows the stat. There hasn't been a receiver catch 100 yards in a game. That should change tonight. I, I think tonight is the night. I am a fan of Rocky Sin. Loved him coming out of Temple. He's physical the line of scrimmage, but he's not incredibly fast. The rest of the secondary is kind of a toss-up. Uh, Trevon Moerg is a second-year player at free safety who's solid but not. He hasn't had that like breakout moment as of yet. So it should be a big Travis Kelsey night, which it, it always is. Just go to DraftKings and hit the anytime touchdown for Travis Kelsey. You're going to make money. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, that the test here for Kansas City tonight is just not shooting yourself in the foot. You can't have another Colts game, you know, but the, the opportunities are there. This is a defense that is just ripe to be run over because they're not good in the secondary. And even while, like, I think Max Crosby's great up front, you know, they're not very good at defensive tackle. And so you're able to slide protect. 
you're, you're going to be able to protect with five and get a lot of guys out into the formation. So I, I really, I don't see why the chiefs lose unless it's fluke stuff, you know, unless there's a, an a opening kickoff fumble, you know, things like that. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the only way you lose this game is if you truly hurt yourself as opposed to just playing it straight up. Yeah. I have said, you know, throughout the week leading up to this game, that if you're looking for a game to, for that breakout performance, I think you kind of mentioned it about from a chiefs wide receiver, that this could be one of those games. We haven't really seen that yet, whether it was, you know, Juju yeah. MVS sky Moore, McCole Hardman. I know he's banged up dealing with the heel injury. Uh, but if you're looking for a game on the schedule, um, coming up that may start to feel a little bit better about uh, the Chiefs wide receivers if we get really nitpicky. I think maybe last week you were the one had mentioned, you know, if you really want to get picky with the Chiefs, it was the wide yeah. receiver group. I haven't seen that breakout performance. Maybe this is going to be one of those times. Um, and Tra- uh, Tucker Franklin let us know that uh, Travis Kelsey is minus 150 for any time touchdown on DraftKings. So there you go. There's the line. If you want to go easy, make a few, make a few bucks. Uh, he's always a good bet right. there, but um, you kind of touched on it with like a fluky thing, but finish a sense. If the Raiders win t- the game tonight, it's because of blank. Like what has to happen for everything to go right for the yeah. Raiders to pull out a victory tonight? There, I mean, I'm a Holmes injury. I don't even like those words coming out of my mouth, but I, I think it takes something like that. I mean, even with the Colts, you knew like, okay, they could out physical you at some degree, you know, if they got in a situation where they could run the ball, their offensive line was, you know, could, could do that. They just can't be in a situation where they have to pass to win as we've seen. So I think with the Raiders, it's somewhat similar. Like obviously they can, they can score with Devonte Adams and Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro. We know the, we know the roster, right? But I think the Chiefs' secondary matches up pretty well with them. I, I do think the Raiders will score. I don't think this is a game where you walk away like forty-two to three. Uh, the Raiders should be able to put some points up, but for them to win, I think truly that is it. It's the only way. Is if something were to happen on offense to one of the key players, you know, Orlando Brown, Travis Kelsey, it, it would have to take something like that. Yeah. The the one thing I will say that's in the Raiders' favor, because normally when they play at Arrowhead, there's a lot to be made, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but Derek Carr has just struggled uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. Is it generally yeah. later in the season when it's cold? I don't know if his hands are small, or I don't know what the deal is with that dude in cold weather, or just Not in cold good. weather at Arrowhead yeah. Stadium, uh, but it he'd struggle uh, quite a bit. It goes so, back to that what, Thursday night game where he got hurt. You know, it's, it was cold. It was like eight degrees that night, and my man has not played well there ever since. Yeah, but like you said, that Devontae Adams is a dude. <laughs> He's very much a dude, and so is Darren yeah. Waller. I mean, they've got some weapons. Right. J- Josh Jacobs is not a bad player at all. Darren Waller no. is a stud at tight end. Hunter Renfro probably doesn't get enough credit, and he haven't really ha- he hasn't really had the impact. He's been out think. a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but like coming back between tonight, you would think Renfro, Adams, Waller, Jacobs, like they've got some pieces, but they. The offensive line is there. I think this is a great opportunity I was for say, George Karloftis. Uh, this could be a big, big night for him. Yeah. Frank Clark should have a big night. George Karloftis, this could be – I just don't know how they slow down that Kansas City defense that's been playing. I mean, we've talked about it every Monday. They're playing lights out. And even, you know, you want to get Josh Jacobs going. Okay, well, the, the Chiefs' run defense has been amazing this year. So I think that's it's easier said yeah. than done. You know, of okay, well, here's what I would conceptually try to do. Good luck. And we know the Chiefs score early and often. You know, this this can be a, a first quarter team that is very tough to keep up with. So if the Raiders get behind, you know, Josh Jacobs is a non-factor. And this offensive line, I don't think is good enough to, to hold up when you know, hey, they're throwing 
66% of the time because they have to try to keep up. Yeah. And right now we're going to take on some, some questions and some comments from those who are watching along on YouTube. So if you are watching this on YouTube and you have any questions or thought about thoughts about tonight's game, please shoot those over. And while you're at it, please hit the like and subscribe button and turn those notifications on. We actually doing a second screen watch party tonight uh, for the game. So if you're not going to Arrowhead stadium or you're not in the Kansas city area and you want to hang out with some other chiefs fans, put the game on, uh, put the Manny cast on your other TV and put us on your tablet or your phone. Uh, Kent Swanson and, and Tucker and myself will be hanging out at the kingdom bar and grill out in Overland park, uh, doing a little second screen watch party. Uh, so you can, you know, follow along the game with us and, uh, you know, feel like you're watching it with a bar full of people. Uh, it's always a good time out there. So, uh, but hit that like and subscribe button. It lets us know that we're doing something right. Uh, and obviously the way the YouTube algorithm works, it reaches more people. So we'd appreciate you hitting that like and subscribe, but uh, Tucker, let's start bringing some questions and some comments up right now. All right. This is from Oregon fishing with Juju possibly limited. Should they let sky loose with his great route running and hands to have a breakout game? Matt, I, I'll take a little, I'll add a little context to this. I know one of the things coming out of camp uh, when you kind of try to look, read between the lines as far as what they're saying, uh, not that Sky isn't coming along, not that he doesn't understand the offense, but there's a lot put on wide receivers in Andy Reid's system. Yeah. And it's not just put him out there, let him figure it out. If he doesn't know what to do, it is catastrophic for this. It's not like he just has a running out route and that's all right, he has to worry right. about. It is not like that at all. If he's he doesn't in the wrong know what place. He's doing, it's an interception. Yeah. It screws yeah. everything up because even if he runs the wrong way, his defender goes into an area that the play is not designed to have a dude mm -hmm. in there. And so yeah. it's, it, it's not uncommon for players in this system. Chris Conley, brilliant player that, Chiefs fans are more familiar with from his time. And now that he's back, which is awesome. Uh, he's one of my yeah. son's favorite players. I never had the heart to tell him he wasn't in Kansas city anymore. And now I can just say he's back and everything has been fine. Uh, but Chris <laughs> Conley, I remember him saying it took me like three years to really understand yeah. this offense because of the way that it's set up. And we said before, they don't call plays. They call concepts. And once yep. you run out to your position, you read the defense, everyone has to see it the same way. And if you're not a hundred percent on board or, comfortable with what you're doing it literally screws up everything around you if you run a slant when you're supposed to run it out you just brought a defender somewhere where Patrick Mahomes didn't think a defender was going to be and so yeah. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly how it works but um it's pretty it close yeah I think that's sorry no <laughs> as so, for a little context I gave you a lot of it but yeah no back to his question I think this is a game where Sky can have an opportunity for some really good matchups because we talked about the lack of stars in that Las Vegas secondary. There's not great depth in that secondary either. So, you know, if you look at, okay, can Sky Moore cook Nate Hobbs? Uh, you know, that's a pretty good matchup for Sky. I think it, Nate played well last year. I think he struggled early this year, but uh, I'm with you, BJ. I, I would, you know, if there was an over under on catches for Sky Moore, I would, I would probably stay on the underside. I, I do feel like he's a next year player more than he is this year. So uh, over under two and a half catches. Yeah. That Vegas is good at those uh, at, at the, the handicapping so it just it does feel like this is could he break out potentially but i think it will be more of juju maybe me cool tonight a little bit as opposed to finally seeing sky more have that breakout game yeah i see king jamie the mad uh commented do we have to listen to aikman and buck tonight those two are not good at commentary people just hate joe buck i, I kind of understand yeah. it but i i think he's it goes he's, it's the world series stuff I know, you know, but and it was Madison Bumgarner. I get where a lot of it comes from. 
Uh, yeah. It kind of rides the wave of whoever is playing. But well. you and I know how but, hard that job, and I'm not just saying this because I work at ESPN. You and I know how hard that job is to do. Yeah. And so I like it's it's everybody's right to criticize whatever they want to criticize. But I think that job is infinitely harder than people realize. Um, that's all I'll say. And all I'm going to say is that just turn the volume down and put on our second screen watch party. You can listen to Ken and I uh, and Tucker. We're going to take different turns. We're not going to be up there the whole time, but we'll take different turns. Somebody will always be uh, live on this YouTube channel. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button, turn notifications on. And as soon as we go live, you will know it. So Tucker, what else do we got? We'll bring some more comments and questions up here. All right. Cheddarhead says, do you think Kerloftis has the best game of his young career tonight? Matt. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Uh, good opportunity. I mean, the Raiders' offensive line has definitely struggled. I think uh, – uh, I don't even know who's playing right tackle tonight. Uh, kid from A&M, I think, who, who's probably better guard than tackle uh, will be out there. So I, I do think this is a good opportunity. Um, you're Obviously, Chris Jones is playing like a man possessed. He's going to get a lot of attention. And that that interior has struggled uh, for, for Las Vegas. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a sack, a sack and a half maybe, and, and a couple hurries tonight from Karloftis. I know that's your guy, BJ. That is my guy. And I picked him to to break Derek Thomas's rookie sack record of 10 sacks. And he doesn't have any he's he's a lot going. of pressures. He's had a lot of pressures. Yeah. He's gotten a lot of credit for disrupting plays, but hasn't brought down the quarterback yet. So there's nothing like a three sack night to, to get you back on track uh, in pacing for this. And your guy from Texas A&M, Jermaine uh, Elamoinar. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, who it is. I'm not going to pretend to be able to say his name. I expect to hear a lot tonight, uh, whether he's jumping off sides because right. of the noise at Arrowhead or because he's getting dominated. Missing on right. Alex Leatherwood really set that offensive line back. Yeah. All right, Tucker, what else do we got? All right, Pat Mahomey. Here's an actual question. How do I get my fiance, soon-to-be wife, to get invested into the Chiefs? Ooh, Matt, I'm going to take this one first because I have a good yeah. one for this. Um, the folks at 65TPT. Uh, the in-house production team for the Kansas City Chiefs have made a handful, and this is going back like a decade, uh, when Jodane Massad and, and Rob Alberino, who's now back uh, in charge of everything, back when he was originally there getting 65 TPT started, uh, before I had worked at the Chiefs, they had done some phenomenal documentaries um, on the history of the team, uh, Kingdom episodes on guys like Joe Delaney. Uh, go watch the Joe Delaney kingdom episode and learn about Joe Delaney, learn about the history. And once you get somebody emotionally invested and kind of caught up in the, the, the emotionality um, of what is going on, uh, the fandom becomes that much stronger and you connect people on an emotional level and not just stats. And Mahomes is great. Watch these highlights uh, kind of get back to like the foundation of, of how we all became Chiefs fans and why we all feel that way. Take her to Arrowhead if you have the ability to, um, but I would strongly recommend going back and watching some of those older documentaries because folks at 65 TPT back then, and even now with the franchise, they do a phenomenal job. I just think there's something generational about watching the documentaries and kind of the players before that kind of set the stage. And, you know, the mystique of Arrowhead was built, um, back with a lot of the stories that were told, um, with those documentaries. So that would be my, that would be my guess or my idea, I should say. I got lucky and married a Chiefs fan, so um, did pretty well there. Our first date was actually watching a 49ers game uh, on TV, so uh, I, I definitely got lucky there. 
I, I do think one thing, um, I, a lot of my female friends are really into like fantasy football. So I think the fantasy element is big. If you live in Kansas, there's the gambling element. Not, I'm not saying, you know, put a mortgage payment on it, but, you know, say, hey, let's take $25 and let's bet on some games because nothing will make you watch football more intently than having something riding on the game. So whether that's, hey, I got a fantasy player I got to watch or I, you know, we could have a free date night if this bet hits this week. So I think that's a little more like fun way. And then maybe dive into the documentaries uh, that BJ mentioned. But I know that even like my wife will watch a game more closely if I'm like, hey, if, if this hits, you know, we're we're going out this weekend. You get to pick where we go or, you know, we might have a vacation if this, if, if this team wins tonight. Uh, so uh, as much as she hates hearing about my fantasy team, I do think those are, are good ways to get them involved. Yeah, I just started the, you know, stop betting like the single game parlay because I'm terrible at betting. Uh, so now my strategy is like the $5, 15 leg parlays. Which like, you know what? I'm just you know, yeah. never. If I get like more than half, uh, it's great. I have a buddy do- and every weekend he puts $10 on like a 10 leg parlay. And I'm like, man, just give me $170. And I'll <laughs> like, you're giving Vegas $10 every week, which is, I know that's not a lot of money, but like over the course of a season and he's probably doing Saturday and Sunday. So really like, give me $340, just call it a wash because you're never going to hit a 10 leg $10 bet. But you have as much chance of hitting it as anyone who's ever hit it before, Matt. That's true. Which is like three. <laughs> that's people. what I say yeah. every time I buy right? Powerball tickets. Like, you know what? I have as much chance of winning as anyone who's ever won before. Someone has to win, right? Or just keeps growing, and then eventually somebody's got to win. All right, we got time for maybe two more, two more questions here from uh, people watching on YouTube. Again, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. All right, Sneaky Jack Attack over under ten tackles for Nick Bolton. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go over. I'm jumping in on you on this one. I think over. I don't think he's quite averaging uh, 10 total tackles per game, but it's got to be really, really close to that. And I do think we'll we'll try to see the Raiders at least early establish the ground game because that's it's what's worked in the past against Kansas City. So um, I'll take the over on that one. Yeah, he's at 37. So he's just under. You were exactly right. He's a little over yeah. nine tackles a game. But uh, yeah, it was another one of my $25 free bets I uh put on Nick Bolton to lead the NFL in tackles. So, I mean, he I have a better chance of that one through four. Yeah. Got a better chance of that one than I did. I also picked Frank Clark uh, to lead the league in sacks and that was at uh, 15,000. So that's, that's a big Does one. one? <laughs> does Frank have one. Is that right? Does he have one? I think he, yes, might he have does. One. He's got, I one think sack. he got one last week. Yeah. Yeah. Chiefs lead chiefs leader right now in sacks is Legereus Sneed. If it's about those quarter Yeah. Spags loves it threaten ron parker's franchise record all right one more question then to, to finish this one up does mahomes pass aikman in career passing touchdowns tonight i think to pass him i think he has to hit five and i think four is to tie yeah tucker please jump in here somehow get my attention let me know if that is incorrect but i think we read bobby's tweet earlier i think he needs five yeah. to break it four to tie it what do you think i'm gonna that? say no i'm gonna say no i don't um I, you know i love Patrick, um, but he had five in the opener and he was like kind of fired up. I think he had a long summer. He was kind of pissed off at some people. So I, I think it's been a quiet week. I don't know if the Kansas City Stars put out anything talking bad about him this week or they not. Should. So we're probably, it's helpful we're probably good. If somebody could do that real quick, that'd be great. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. I don't think he hits five tonight. I'm going to say no only because a lot of, and I don't want to call them garbage passing touchdowns, but if you've paid attention to what happened, what's happening around the league, 
everyone in the league is trying the goal line shovel pass now. Uh, yep. The Bengals tried it. It was probably the worst example of someone trying that play last night. I did see that uh, with Joe Burrow attempting that pass. I, I believe, you know, you don't know, but it looked like Leo Collins did the wrong thing. I, uh, I hope to God that's what Carson Wentz was trying to do on those three attempts down there. But <laughs> I didn't see that one. I don't, know. I don't think I a, need to. It's another story for another day. All right, Tucker, do we have any other good ones? We could steal one more. That was a quick one. All right, <laughs> Kyle Coffey, <laughs> why do the Raiders suck? You know, when you have a regime in there that misses on five or six first-round picks, that'll do it. And the, all seven rounds are important, right? Frazier is important. So you miss on Antonio Brown there. You, you miss on so many first-round draft picks. And, and maybe I'm biased because you know my job is to cover the draft, but – I think you can look around the NFL right now, teams that are good. It's, you know, Cincinnati's turnaround was all fueled by the draft. Kansas City yeah. fueled by the draft. And I, I think it's important as the entire offseason is now, you just, you got to be able to, to hit those draft picks. And, and they didn't. And, you know, for all the Max Crosby love, it's a lot of first round picks. Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Cleveland Furl, even Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abrams have not lived up to their expectations or draft position. So I think it's it's quite simple when you look at it. Yeah, Jonathan Abrams, 24, is the guy that every time the Chiefs play the Raiders, I'm always worried about 24, doing doing something cheap. Doing I was going to say, will dirty. he get thrown out tonight might be the better bet. Like, will mm -hmm. he be ejected? What's the over-under on When it's thoughts? our guys, I say it's playing through the echo of the whistle. But when it's that dude, it just reminds me of like Romanowski and like those types of like, you're just going to watch yep. him. I don't know how much he talks. I don't know his personality like that at all, but. Uh, I'm always worried about 24 coming in late and doing something, uh, something cheap. And you always yeah, have to worry I mean, about when you play those dudes. Yeah. Was it the booger mobile that took him out a couple years ago <laughs> that he hit his head on? I think it, I think because so. it was like, it was a late hit and he got knocked yeah. himself out on the sidelines. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And somebody went up and mossed him a few years ago. Uh, the chiefs did. I don't know if it was DeMarc. I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, Tucker is very quickly, Daryl Williams. No, that's right. Daryl Williams went up and, there, and there. mossed Jonathan Abram over that. So that was great. And the one thing I will leave with Matt, and I don't know how you feel about this because I don't know if you've had a chance uh, to go to a Raiders game or been out to Allegiant yet, but it's almost like an identity thing for me. That's just weird with the Raiders because going from Oakland and the Coliseum, it was kind of like, it was a shithole, but it was like their shithole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was such a yep. terrible stadium and the Raiders fans just kind of almost embraced it in a way that that became kind of the, their identity of just these rough, like, we're just going to come in. We don't care what's around. We're just going to try to kick the hell out of you. Yeah. Uh, and now their stadium, which is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's an amazing stadium, but it feels like you're in a giant nightclub. And it just, to me, it doesn't fit the brand of what the Raiders are, uh, yeah. or what they've been. So it's kind of like an identity crisis. Maybe that's just the bias in me coming out. We went out there for the East West Shrine Bowl, visiting our friend, uh, Eric Galco hanging out and just being able to walk around that stadium and see it. I mean, again, it is immaculate. It is a beautiful stadium, but it just doesn't scream Raiders brand to me at all. The Rams last year ruined my theory that teams with, with like new stadiums can't win because it like, it softens you mm. up a little bit, you know, like you have all <laughs> like, God, this place is nice. Like, no, you need to like get a play in Lambo or like Gillette, you know, which Gillette's a nice stadium, but it's like, it's open air. It's you're going to freeze yeah. your ass off, you know, Arrowhead, you're testing a little bit more in those stadiums. Um, so 
I, I can see that, you know, I haven't been to that stadium yet. I've driven by it a couple of times, not a big Vegas guy. I know that price surprises uh, people who know me, not a big Vegas guy. We got to experience taking Tucker Franklin, our producer to Vegas for his first trip. And he was overstimulated <laughs> the most of the time. Overstimulated, no, overserved, we everything. It, there was a lot going on. And I don't know if it was the, you know, $28 cock, well cocktails at the Las Vegas night, golden Knights game that we went to or whatever yeah. it was, but it was, uh, Vegas is in, in, it's an acquired taste. I used to go a lot and had a lot more fun than I do now, uh, going out there. I love the shrine bowl. love what Eric's doing. We're going to go out there again this year, but, uh, but yeah, it, it always just seems a little, a little strange to me, but if I'm going to give any kind of credit to the Raiders, um, I will say that I have respect for the players that had to deal with the Coliseum. They like a Derek Carr. He has earned yeah. the right to have a nice stadium for a few years. I hope he doesn't win, but just from a, like a nice personal standpoint, like he seems like a good dude. Yeah. Like he deserves <laughs> yeah. to live in Henderson after living in, in the greater Oakland area for, I'm for pretty sure they years. all lived in San Francisco. Like I'm pretty sure just Is like when better? we went out, I don't know. like when the chief <laughs> stayed, we didn't stay near Oakland. We stayed over in San Francisco and had like a 45 yeah. minute with like, you know, a police escort. Uh, it was still mm -hmm. a hike to get over to the stadium each time that we yeah. played out there. But, Matt, man, always appreciate uh, chatting with you. We'll, we'll do it again next week. Uh, that time it'll be after a game. We appreciate everybody who tuned into this live episode um, or is, you know, quickly listening to the podcast before kickoff tonight. Uh, again, Chiefs and Raiders, little after seven o'clock, and we will be having our second screen watch party um, on this YouTube channel uh, during the game tonight. Ken Swanson, Tucker, and I will be at the Kingdom Bar and Grill on Overland Park. So uh, appreciate all your support. Again, hit that like and subscribe, and uh, we'll see you. For the game tonight, hopefully the Chiefs moving on to 16-3 and under Andy Reid against the Raiders. Until next time, we'll see you all later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.